The All Souls Witchy Women Podcast, Episode 1, The O Word. Welcome to All Souls Witchy Women, a fan and definitely not official podcast where we talk all things All Souls. We are three women who met over Outlander and then jumped into the All Souls world like the time-traveling witches we wish we were. This week we're discussing the O Word. Not that O Word, but stick around and we'll probably get there. I'm Nikki. I'm Janet. And I'm Ashley. And we're hoping that you'll stick around for a bit as we discuss our shared love of Outlander, the similarities we see between Outlander and the All Souls trilogy, and why, if you're an Outlander fan and haven't read A Discovery of Witches, you should run, not walk, to get a copy. Each week we'll be drinking wine in honor of our favorite vampire family, and we'll tell you a little bit about that wine. Our wine facts are brought to you by our personal sommelier, Bayard. This week, we are drinking Tempranillo. It's originally from Spain, and it is the country's top red wine grape, mainly from the regions of Ribera del Duero, Rioja, and La Mancha. Tempranillo is one of the oldest grapes in the world, and it goes back thousands of years to the Iberian Peninsula. Now, Tempranillo is not as big and bold as some of the red wine varietals that we are used to here in the United States, like Cabernet Sauvignon, but it has excellent notes that are similar, such as tobacco, cedar, dill, dried fig, and it pairs very, very well with red meats, roasted vegetables, and hearty pasta dishes. Tempranillo really shines when it is let age over a year. 12 to 18 months are best uh, in barrel, and it starts to take on more of the smoky, leathery flavors that Tempranillo is really known for. And that is Tempranillo. Now go out and grab a bottle and try. One of the reasons, well, the reason that we're here is that Outlander brought us all together. Um, then we found a love for Discovery of Witches, too. So I would like, actually, Janet and Ashley to talk about how they discovered Outlander because I was a late comer. Um, yeah. <laughs> you want to go first? Or you want to go first? <laughs> yeah. No, go for it. Okay. Well, uh, this is Janet. And... Um, the show was on, and um, my friend Susan left me a voicemail saying, you have to watch the show. Why aren't you watching the show? It's so you watch the show. Watch the show. And I'm a book purist. I had a copy of the book. I hadn't read it yet. So I was like, no, I'm not going to watch the show until I read the damn book. So it was a couple of days after Christmas in the first year that Outlander the show was on, and I sat down and started reading the book and four months later came up for air having read all eight of them um and of course (laughs) well that was just the first read so it was a fast (laughs) fast read um so and then uh, you know after i got through the first book i watched the show and i was like oh my god i am officially obsessed and um basically you know the eye rolling in my family began so that's how I got into Outlander itself. And how many times have you reread it since then? I've read I've read all eight three times. I've read the there first. I've read <laughs> I've read. Have the you first, read all the pages and all, all the words? Yeah, yes, I've read okay. all the words. I read the first four four times, and I'm you know I'm rereading Drum, Drums of Autumn right now, you know, to prepare for season four. <laughs> um, and I've read the Lord John Gray novels and novellas. I've read The Seven Stones Shall Stand or whatever that book is that Diana came out with that has some backstory on sort of Master Raymond and the Comte and uh, Roger's family. And um, yeah, I mean, 
I'll be lying in bed reading and my husband will come in and see it's one of the Outlander books and he'll sort of say, so anything new happen? (laughs) (laughs) However, he he also says that about the the All Souls trilogy with the witches. So he's just like, he's, you know, he doesn't know what's happened to this woman he married. Sure. I think we should just go ahead and establish. Yeah, I think we should just go ahead and establish uh, that there is a multiplier that we uh, that we just go ahead and apply to anything that Janet says. Oh, I've read that book. That means Janet has read that book cover to cover four times. <laughs> it's the Janet multiplier, including the. Yeah. Whereas but. if I've read it, I have I have likely read most of the pages, but probably skimmed some as I went to get to some sexy bits. Yeah, yeah, no, that's fair. Well. I mean, yeah, I'm, I am that reader. But then I started writing for the Outlander cast blog, which, you know, is where I met uh, you guys, um, where Ash, Ashley's the editor, and I'm the associate editor, and Nikki is a writer for us. We became friends, and the way I came to a discovery of witches was also through Outlander, because a very good friend who is just as obsessed about Outlander as I am came to me one day, literally with the three books in her hand. And she's just like, oh my God, oh my God, you have to read these. And she's like, it's about witches, vampires, and demons. But trust me, you have to read them. Because I do think there's a thing where like, when you say it's about witches, vampires, and demons, for a certain group of people, you feel like you have to give a caveat. Like I always say, but it's not Twilight. Right. (laughs) Um, Any rate, so I was just like, well, she and I like the same books. So, okay, I'll read them. And literally it was, I mean, like sucked them down, just sucked them down for the first time. Cause of course, I guess I have reread them. And I was just amazed at sort of what a great story it was so well-written and just so interesting and thoughtful and all of that. But so then that brings me to Ashley. Yeah. Um, so I, um, I found Outlander in a similar way. I have a close friend, Amelia, who reads quite like Janet does. Although I, I hers tend to have more, uh, graphic covers to them, I want to say, than the choices that you read, but no judgment, no judgment. Um, But she did say, she posted something on Facebook and it was a BuzzFeed article right before season 1B aired in April 2015. And it was 172 things that I, that went through my head while watching the first eight episodes of Outlander. And my brain really works in listicles. I consider BuzzFeed to be an actual news source that I find value in for myself. So I, and I also have worked in TV and just find myself sucked into a lot of TV. So I was like, how does she know something that like a show that I haven't heard about yet? So I started reading the BuzzFeed thing and found his humor hilarious and then was intrigued enough to download or buy all eight episodes on Amazon to catch up just as season 1B was airing and then just fell right into it and could not come out of that rabbit hole so much like Janet, I picked up the books and just started reading, 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 reading. Didn't come up for air. I take a little longer, about six months. Um, I would try and put them down and pick up other books and it just wasn't happening, but got sucked right into the show. And then, um, yeah, jumped onto the the very fun Outlander cast blog train, as it were, and started writing for them because I thought, well, if we're going to spend this much time delving into it, you might as well find an outlet for it and some other crazy people that are doing the same thing. Um, well, I have found my friend, I call her David Koresh, because I'm like, you sucked us right into this Outlander cult. 
she's like, well, yeah, I'm not writing for a blog about them though. And I'm like, that's fair. That's fair. I don't spend all my free time doing that. And now I want to say that Janet, you've become the David Koresh here of our little all souls group because you sucked us right in to this cult. Yeah. Janet and I were in um, New York, um, a little girl date rendezvous to, um, to, to attend the Outlander season three, uh, a premiere showing to meet um, Sam Hewen and Katrina Bell in person. Yes. Um, yeah, that, there was that statuesque moment where she came down and there was a moment where, and I'm, I'm more a Katrina person than a Sam person. However, when faced with the moment where he did lift his shirt to dab his abs of sweat with a cocktail napkin, I'm going to say that that was not a bad thing to be two mm-hmm. feet from it. Um, and yeah. I was, and, and I was one and I was one foot. So that's yeah. all I'll say. Exactly. Exactly. And it is everything that you thought it would be. And then some. Mm -hmm. Um, So anyways, right before that, that wonderful moment, we were sitting at some beer hall, as we do. Um, I was eating as I do. And Janet indulged me by eating and drinking with me because she does that too. And she said, Hey, uh, I've been reading this other book series. I'm just going to kind of, you know, casually toss this out in case you want to give it a try. I won't oversell it, but if you want to, here's what it's about. But it seems like it could have some merit to maybe doing something fun on the side with this. So I downloaded the book and somehow here we are. (laughs) Like, yes. Somehow now we poured all of our extra free time into talking about vampires, witches, and demons, and I'm not complaining. No, it's super exciting. And we said to uh, Nikki at, in the fall, we're like, so maybe, maybe you'd like to try this book. And, and then she got sucked in. And now we have created All Souls Witchy Women with Instagram and Twitter and a website and a blog. And a record? No, not a record. Anyway. <laughs> but stay tuned. Right. That could happen. We, we do have some serious playlists. Oh, right. Yeah. yeah. Anyway, and so we are here having met over Outlander and have expanded our friendship into the All Souls universe, which is um, just the more I'm in it, the more I the more I love it, the more I love the messages behind it. And this first podcast for us is to sort of give a shout out to Outlander people saying, hey, if you're looking for another book, another book series, you might want to consider this one. And here are some of the reasons why. So I'm going to throw in my backstory here um, by first saying that I don't like books about vampires and witches. I'm not a huge television fan. And two years ago, I was waiting for a moving van to come to my house to deliver the furniture and my man. And I didn't have anything in this house but a TV because I was here. I was the advance team to wait for the cable to be hooked up. The cable guy came. He hooked up the TV. I had we had um, we got stars as part of our new cable package. I turned on the TV. I thought, oh, I wonder what's on stars. And I saw this thing called Outlander. And I'm like, well, I don't know what that is, but let's see. And the first images came on and there was the Scottish Highlands, which I didn't really know much about. And this beautiful voiceover by Katrina Balfe. And I thought, uh-oh, this could be a problem. By the time that my guy got here, Frank and Frank and, oh my God, why did I forget her name? Frank and Claire. Frank and Claire getting busy in a hotel room. And he walks in and says, I leave you for five minutes and you're watching porn. <laughs> <laughs> yes, and now you're interrupting it. <laughs> yes. Um, but excuse me, it's historical. So tomato, tomato. 
<laughs> so do you see the period dress? Come on. Exactly. But, Cultural. Yeah, but they wear great they wear great hats. So I was I, I had to turn it off at that moment because we had to move in, you know, couches and chairs and pots and pans. But I absolutely knew I I had to go back and I don't know, I got into I I got to maybe three episodes and started doing Google searches. What is this? Why am I sucked in? Why did I go through the stones with Claire? Because at that point there there was part of me living in 1743 Scotland. And I had to I had to hit pause on the show because I had to go get the books. I hadn't I had never read a book series. I read books occasionally. So I I've I think I've read through five now. because uh, I just I don't I have a kid who does a lot of things. So I, I've gotten through five books, but I also I just needed more and I found I don't even really know how I found out Landercast blog, but I found it and got sucked even deeper into the rabbit hole and started writing. And I thought, well, you know, I have maybe five or 10 minutes left every week. So maybe I should write about something else. <laughs> and <laughs> why, why wouldn't it be vampires, witches and demons? Because that's pretty cool. Hey, so you know what? There's also a multiplier on your brain, much like Janet's reading skills, so that when you have five or ten free minutes, it's about what other people can crank out writing-wise and brilliance in about four to six hours. So <laughs> let's just go ahead and establish there, there, that, too. There is, there is that. There is that. We are In terms of sort of, you know, we're going to be doing a blog with this and also the podcasting, and Nikki's already been like, hey, and what about this idea? And hey, no, what about this idea? And then have you thought about this idea? It's a little intimidating, but it's awesome. Yes, it is. We love you for it. We love you for it. Well, you you understand that the frequency of my blog ideas comes with the frequency of my showering. So because that's that tends to be where they come mm -hmm. to me at. So, well, you know, as long as I'm showering regularly, I will keep blog post ideas coming. Yeah. I guess I guess now I'm worried because I haven't heard a new one in a while. So <laughs> <laughs> But that's that's for your man to take care of. I'm not going down that road. That's Fingers right. crossed. I live far enough away from you. It's not going to be a problem. So let's talk about the, some of the ways that we think, why we think people who like Outlander would love All Souls. And I'm going to jump in the first thing on our list. Do it. Strong women. Yay! Ooh. Yes. I mean, God. I, you know, I mean, I fell in love with Diana uh, so early on because of, even though she was super confused and I did just want to reach into the pages sometime and just slap her and just say, you are which? Why are you denying this again? Like, are you kidding me? Give me the power. <laughs> just, just give it over to me. But such a strong woman and such a strong character. And, um, as with Claire, uh, but Diana isn't the only strong character, uh, female character as well. You know, you have Isabeau, and um, you have her um, her aunt, Emily, Sarah, and, and just, I mean, just the idea generally that, I know there are, there are men who have, who are witches, but oh, the whole idea of women as witches and having sort of access to this power and internal power and discovering power, I think is such a strong metaphor and is similar to sort of Claire overall. Uh, who, of course, you know, is accused of being a witch um, at various points. I don't know. Just that just that sucked me in right away. Absolutely. One of my things is, you know, I, I, I grew up with princesses 
And my daughter grew up with princesses a little bit as well. She's sort of out of them right now. But, you know, one of the things that I love about these characters is that they save as many times as they get saved. Mm -hmm. They aren't in in so many, so many novels. We see women portrayed as the damsels in distress. And, you know, the, the big strong man comes and saves them from whatever mess they've gotten into. And these women, they do get themselves into messes and they need to be saved. But the men get themselves into messes too. And the women have to save them. And I love that because it, for me, it, it's it's a modern partnership, right? I Because um, yeah. my partner and I, we are, I think we are equally strong and we take turns being strong and being weak. We we pull each other up. Um, we bring each other along and, you know, we're, we're a good balance for each other. And that's what I like about both Diana and Claire. They, they are absolutely vulnerable at times, but at times they are the ones who take charge and, you know, lead the way and save whoever it is who needs to be saving that day. Yeah. And I think your point about sort of um, they have all, over time, because it's not immediate by any stretch of the imagination, but over time they have um, very evolved relationships with their partners, mm-hmm. which is also like super attractive. And it's so intelligently written. It's, you know, I think that both authors do a really good job at sort of getting into the mindset of sort of what the challenges are there. And and that dance that you do when mm-hmm. you're in a relationship with someone else. Yeah, which is also super appealing. Yeah. And I, you know, you just hinted on the authors. That was part of what I like here too, is not only the characters, uh, the strong women characters, but just that these books were written by very strong women. I mean, the ability to write intelligently, as you said, these, you know, pretty obviously saga length uh, stories of these women and their, you know, what they go through over the years and how their relationships evolve and how they evolve as people and and to not do that in 300 pages, which is so easy to do, right? Mm -hmm. You know, um, you find so many books that are just kind of like, here's that one off and maybe they're part of a series on occasion, but they're three or 400 pages. They devote the time that is needed to really flesh these characters out and develop them and really make you feel what they're feeling. I love that they both, you know, carved out this niche to be writers as a second career, which is something that's so cool to me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um, you know, yeah. that, that Diana started as, uh, was she an engineer um, working something in very technical field, um, you know, and, and Deborah Harkness is, um, you know, works in uh, academia. And here we are, like that they have carved out free time and all of their busy kind of busy balancer lives to to be able to to write for themselves and write for other women women to be able to digest these books now. And I don't think that these stories are just for women. I mean, I've certainly sucked our resident sommelier buyer who happens to be my (laughs) husband too, into watching Outlander. He says he doesn't need to read it. Um, and he is a pretty avid reader and, and that doesn't bother me. The fact that he will sit there and watch the show. And I'm certain that he will watch a discovery of witches when it comes on says to me that not only did they write from the perspective of a woman for women, but it's also for men. It's for anyone who wants to read these strong stories about people experiencing real things. And I and I love that. Yeah, I mean, just to further your point, Diana Gabaldon has an MA in marine biology and a PhD in quantitative behavioral ecology. That was it. Yeah, I knew there was a lot of uh, there was a uh, lot of consonants somewhere. <laughs> that to me said yeah. technical. Uh, uh, do we do we have a definition right. of what that means? 
smart, smart, quantitative, (laughs) behavioral ecology. She has described as basically ecology was, but you know, who knows? And then of course, um, Deb Harkness has a PhD in history. So, you know, they're already role models, but they've written books that are filled with detail. The assumption is that if you're reading this, you have a brain. I love that. You know, they take on complicated topics. Um, I think uh, All Souls Trilogy in particular, with its discussion of alchemy and sort of very sort of physical components to that, as well as, you know, they both look at history. Outlander looks at sort of the Jacobites and Scottish history, but All Souls Trilogy takes us back into uh, Shakespeare's time, where as somebody who's maybe read a bunch of books about that, um, I feel like she's, you know, She's got it down and she raises a lot of interesting points around it. In other words, it's not like time travel for like the ooh factor. It's not it's, Doctor Who. You know, yeah, and it's and it's it's really done in a way that's sort of that's erudite. And I so it's a th- these are the, if you like Outlander, you'll like All Souls because it's a thinking book. I mean, you have to stop in, at certain sections and, all right, I need to think about mm-hmm. that. Like, how would that, how would that work? And when, you know, the book itself, Ashmole, you know, I mean, you have to think about like, what does this actually mm-hmm. mean? And there are people who have been studying this far longer than we have. You know, there are other fan groups out there who've been like on this for five mm-hmm. years. <clears throat> you know, I listen to their podcast and they're super informative, but you could keep talking and talking and talking, which is to me one of the beauties of, of the, the series and why, you know, it's it's such a good reread is because the first time you read it, just like the first time I read Outlander, I was basically having a heart attack through half of it. You know, just, you know, I knew there were eight books, so I knew that the, I suspected that, the, you know, the good guys made it to the end, but I didn't know how or why. And the same thing with, you know, All Souls trilogy. It's like you're assuming that Matthew and Diana get to the end, but you don't know how or why. And so it, and a lot happens. So when you can go back and reread it, you can also just sort of savor all of those little details and really admire the impressive way that um, Deb Harkness has pulled together a super complicated storyline. Absolutely. And you hit upon something, Janet, that I wanted to talk about, and it's the element of time travel and history, because I read a lot of historical fiction. That's what I love. I always have loved it. And I, my mom has always said I've, I'm an old soul. I was born in the wrong time. And so I've always been sort of daydreamy where time travel is concerned. And I actually love that element about both of these stories because it's not just straight up historical fiction. I, as a reader, got to visit those eras that I have always read about and wondered what would it be like And I get to see those with the modern eyes of Claire and Diana. So you're not just there as as, you know, Shakespeare's neighbor. You're there as Diana, who is from 2000 something in that time. So you don't just experience life as Shakespeare experienced it. You experience it as Diana, this woman from modern times with her modern right. sensibilities and her attitudes going back and living in that time. And I, it was very yeah. eye-opening for me because I had these very romantic views about what it would be like to live in those times. <laughs> I, I don't oh. really anymore have those. No, I would go back in a heartbeat. Oh would my you God. really? I would go, I would, oh my God, I'd jump in that machine back to Shakespeare's time in a heartbeat. If the time like, machine comes now, I'm getting into it and you guys are just going to have to finish this without me. Well, I absolutely would. It's One coming of the things back, that I right? think is It will return us back because, <laughs> yeah. okay, I just want to make sure. <laughs> I don't Listen, know. Listen, I'm... 
I'm all for a little dabble in time travel. I just want to make sure I can get back to personal hygiene that I've come to really just rely on. Can you get back yeah. in time right. for a hot shower? That's all I right. want to know. Right. I, I think with, with time travel and Outlander for, and All Souls, I think with Outlander, it's more of a plot device. Whereas with All Souls, it's integral to hmm. Diana understanding who she is. She, I mean, she literally has to go back to that time and sort of, in, in a sense, to sort of begin to trace her roots and come to full understanding of herself. She needs to go back to sort of a place with where other witches existed and and to escape and learn more about her, her history with her parents, which is hard for her to find out in the in the 20, 21st century and all all of that stuff um, or 20th century, whichever part it is. But anyway, it's uh, so I feel like it's a little more evolved in all souls. Yeah. And the other thing I liked that as just a deviation or, you know, something different from Outlander, similar but different, is that in the time travel, Matthew has lived all of those, has already lived this one time through, but has also evolved and kind of adjusted to modern life as it were, right? So he has that shared with her. So when they're going back together, she's experiencing it all new for the first time and fumbling through it all. But he can understand why she might be struggling or what she might be viewing because he's already had the benefit of living uh, in the future, so to speak, or living in modern time and coming back with her and experiencing it with her, through her, you know, alongside her, which I liked because obviously that's a big piece of Outlander is is Jamie like wanting to adjust to Claire's modern sensibilities and kind of strength as a as a as a 20th century woman, but at the same time realizing like we're in the 18th century and you know your what your you know your frame of mind is 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 unique here and maybe not welcomed. Um, so I liked the variation on that, the fact that Matthew was her true partner in this. Yes, but he also, Jamie was sort of one person. He evolved, but he was in one place. Right. Matthew lived so many different lives and each one required a different skill set and a different sort of adaptation and sort of, and yet they all in some ways were cumulative, which is just kind of a fascinating thing to think about. Like, you know, and I thought that was another part to sort of why all souls is so is so interesting is because you can think about that a lot you know who he was when he was Matthew Royden versus who he was when he you know was the geneticist meeting Diana and every and everything in between and all the things he did do yeah anyway how so, about those uh, families how about those <laughs> how about those well meaning but meddling and menacing families of theirs seems to be a shared oh, theme yeah <laughs> and maybe that's a life them. theme it is. They're all well-intentioned, but they're there. We all have them. I was taking a deep breath while I was pondering my own. <laughs> um, I love them Were all. Were you drinking wine? Uh, drinking wine while thinking about my well-meaning but med- meddling and menacing family. I say with love because they're wonderful. I love them all. As do, you know, the characters in here with their own. But they are, this is, this. these both are sagas where it's, it is you know, central, we're, we're really focusing, you know, centralizing on these two characters, but there is just this band of merry men and women around them that are just as rich and just as kind of integral to the story as the two main characters are. And, you know, they make you want to hug them and they make you cry. They make me want to punch them in the face. They make me want to be like, yes, yeah, to just give them a second. And I think there's so many parallels here as far as like the different roles between siblings and aunts and uncles and parents. And when I was reading, I just was, and, and you know, I had the 
I don't know. I know we all did, but like the benefit, well, Janet had the benefit of the third or fourth reread while you and I were yeah. sampling it for the first time. Having memorized the text. Having memorized the text. Oh, yeah. Of, of reading these books while Outlander season three was on. So that's mm-hmm. kind of fresh in the brain and going on. You're watching them go, go through the things that they're going through in Outlander season three and reconnecting with family as you're reading these books too. So it just made it all very um, top of mind and fresh in the head. But yeah, the similarities there, please dive in. Who do we start with? (laughs) Well, and so one of the things I was thinking about today is sort of the overarching themes of the families is the clan, because we've got an outlander, we've got the McKenzie's and this powerful sort of menacing clan. They're frenemies. They love each other. They're bonded by blood. They will also kill each other if necessary. And then we have the Claremonts or the the Claremonts and they're this vampire clan. They love each other. They hate each other and they will kill each other if it's necessary. So we're not supposed family to do that. Complicated. Yeah, family's complicated. <laughs> family's complicated and we should However, not kill them when needed. Can I segue from family to which book has the more sociopathic villain? Because <laughs> I, 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 thought, I thought Black Jack Randall would win this hands mm, down no until like Benjamin, like, oh my God, Benjamin wins. Benjamin. I vote Benjamin. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Oh. Oh my God. I could not believe what uh, a fascinating character that was. How devious. I think All Souls trilogy, if you're looking for somebody who's super scary, super, super smart as a villain, you'll you'll be hard pressed to find somebody other than Benjamin, all I'm going to say. And I just want to go back to this. And I know we we talked about this, or maybe I, I did on one of my random mental rambling insertions into your day but it's just the idea that someone so maniacal and just scary as a person his name is Benjamin like it's just so I don't know like you're just you know we're we're just conditioned anymore I mean it is very kind of mentological it's a kind of psychological he does some some mental warfare on them so Benjamin fits but it's just kind of like to have the villainous guy be named Benjamin like it just seems so like, no, I'm scholarly and I'm refined and I'm whatever, except that, you know, I'll remove some limbs if I need to. Black Jack Randall, you, you know what to expect when you hear his name, right? There's right. there's clearly something going on with this dude because he has earned this nickname. I don't believe his mother called him Black Jack. He has done something to earn this. He, he deserves this name. Don't always know what it is until, well, we see it or read it in the book. We... we we are tipped off at the beginning that there is something menacing about this. Benjamin? Eh, Mm-mm. not so much. No. Well, I mean, we hear we hear about him a lot, but as just a name, of, uh, I mean, I'll I'll give you that. He doesn't sound he doesn't sound horrible, but almost from the moment where he's introduced, um, you you know that he's got um, it's at the very least he's the family black sheep, which turns out to be a lot worse than that pretty quickly. And um, I will say this, and I'm almost embarrassed to say it, but I didn't realize how much we knew about Benjamin in the, in the first couple of books until I got to the end of the third one. And mm-hmm. then I started thinking back and, and I started doing a reread and I realized that there were hints dropped all along the way and I just didn't catch them. That's why you have to reread yeah. them because, um, you know, you're just the first time I... Anyway, for me, you're reading it because it's just like it's such a great story and you're so caught up in the characters. And then it, then you get to go back and rereading it. You get to sort of savor sort of those kinds of moments and you get to sort of see the breadcrumbs or, you know, pick up on a moment and go, oh, I, I missed that the first time um, because it's a page turner. Yes. 
All Souls Trilogy is a page turner. I mean, I had to have each book in hand in my possession so that I could move seamlessly Mm -hmm. from the last page of, you know, book one to the next first page of book two. Like I, you know, there was, I no do not pass go, just like flip it as if it's the next page. So this is what happened when I read Outlander. So I told you I'd never, I had never read a series and I hadn't read a big book in a very long time. I'd read lots of picture books, but you know, not a big book with, with lots of words. So I started reading this book and then I found that I was reading at night. So we would go to bed, turn off the lights. And then I would think to myself, oh, I can read for a few more minutes. I'm not sleepy. I would read until two o'clock in the morning which my bedtime is 10 o'clock. So this is a big thing for me to read until two o'clock in the morning. So I'm laying in bed with a cover over my head and a flashlight and I'm flipping through the books trying to get to a story. And even when I did go to sleep, I would wake up in the middle of the night and my heart would be racing because I didn't know what was happening with Jamie and Claire. I would just, I would be like, oh my gosh, what's what's going to happen? I, I have to find out. So when I started reading Discovery of Witches, I don't know, I was 30 pages through and I was like, okay, I, I'm not sure what Janet saw in this, but okay, fine. I will read it, but I'm not going to get hooked. And then at 1230 at night, when I've got the cover over my head and the flashlight again, I'm like, oh my gosh, this has happened again. <laughs> How have I let this happen to me? And then by the end of the third book, I, it was midnight one night and I had a hundred pages left, but I, I realized I could not go to sleep until I finished this book. And I think I might've messaged both of you to say, I I couldn't sleep until I finished it. It's just that good. Yeah. Yeah. I had yeah. a similar, I mean, I had a similar and, and I guess it was because I started reading the Outlander book once I had seen the first few episodes of the show. And then I stopped to try and catch up on book one to match where I was in the TV show. Mm -hmm. So I had the benefit of the TV show of going, you're going to like this. You can look at what they're pulling from. You're clearly going to like this. Whereas this, it did take a bit. I will, I will, now that we're in the safe space, I'll admit that Janet, I was reading along going, now I trust Janet. And we had those pretzels and buffalo cauliflower and a lot of beer together. Like I trust this. Actually, Janet had tequila in fairness. And uh, so we're headed somewhere. You can't lie when you're drinking tequila. No, you can't. No, you can't. Truth serum. So I thought, hmm. So, but I gave it and, and much like Nikki's saying, you get to a certain point where you're like, Okay, now now we've now we've struggled. Now we're maybe not putting on uh, clean clothes today. We're just going to read a little mm-hmm. bit. How many sick days do I have left? Like, how can we get this done quicker? Because it it gets that. Good, that I remember. Quickly. I remember when you texted me and said, "Is it wrong that I don't want to go to this wedding and I just want to <laughs> stay in the room and read this book instead?" Yeah, it's highly <laughs> unlikely that my sweet cousin in the middle of West Virginia is going to listen to this, so I will definitely admit to that because I was sitting out on my like parents' deck in West Virginia, just enjoying the fall air. So you can imagine, like, there's all these smells. She's just c- cuddling up to him, smelling cinnamon and clove and cool air. And I'm experiencing this in the real setting. And it's like, come on, you got to get ready for your cousin's wedding in the barn. And I'm like, that's one option. Or I could stay here. You know, I, I did go to the wedding, but I quickly came home. I, I did a, oh, thank you so much. I, your gift. Oh, lifetime of happiness. I'll be back at the house reading if anybody needs me. True story. The other thing that I think we need to mention in terms of why you should read All Souls Trilogy, if you're an Outlander fan, is the sex. Thank you. <laughs> so while I fully believe that Diana Gabaldone could get a PhD in writing about sex, because I think she's that good, I think that the intimacy 
and the way that sex is described and sort of the way, uh, the importance of it in Matthew and Diana's relationship and how it is a place of discovery for them is just so well done. And so I don't want to say real life. I just feel like it's so well done that it's, it's mature thinking about how people rotate in and around this topic as a couple. Boom. And as we have referred to it, I sort of, I, I've become the person who's just like, yes, but what about the vampire sex? So I'm that person, right? Yeah. Were you, anyway, I, I think Nikki and I both had the same question. You're kind of expecting there to be some sort of, I don't know, extra something thrown in there. There's got to be something, something happens, sparkles fly out, something happens, something must happen that's different than our mere mortal human sex. But as it turns I really out, I was expecting sparkles. Sparkles, something. I don't know. However, that being said, the pages themselves, Sparkles flew out of, she really does write really well and different. They both write uniquely, I mean, uniquely well about sex. Um, and Nikki, look, you promised us we'd get to the O word and here we are. That was like so much foreplay to get to the O word. Um, it's it's yes. Matthew sex. It is We've Matthew sex. I was going to say, the one thing I, I do like independently about each of those is there is i mean the man's a vampire he's god only knows thousands of years old he doesn't have to sleep right he just he's got endless boundless amounts of energy with no regard for time in outlander there's always like a oh my god they're coming for us or we're you know there's people everywhere they're never in these private settings i mean clearly there's enough of those we've got a couple of really good examples of that but it's always very like hurried like we got it we got to get in this ship and get this done very quickly right. and it's Great. It's hot. Good for you all. But there is something right, the about, about to start. The My war's about to start. Across the room. I got to get through these stones quickly. There's a lot of like a house. all of this. Whereas these two are just like, here's our stately room. Right. And it's just, I don't know. There is something about those, the different sensory kind of feels that come out of the slow of them taking their time and him just kind of chill and calm about everything. And there are some kind of like, I'm working through some things. And so you're just going to help me through it and let's get this done. But I don't know. I liked that there was a time element where it always feels, feels very rushed and outlander, whereas they take their time and also. I think part of it too, is this whole idea of becoming a mate is, you know, very deliberate, very different than just like, we're going to have sex or we're going to, or we're going to get involved or something. I mean, it's a big step and it's, I think it's a really strong sort of understory as part of sort of the sexual tension. And I think that adds a lot to it. I also think it's just a very interesting idea and it's probably another podcast because I think it's and that whole idea and also the whole idea of possession which, you know, is an, is a plus and a minus sometimes when you're in a relationship with someone else. And yet it's a total turn on potentially. So there's a, I think there's a lot there that sort of um, adds another whole uh, layer of depth to this, to their relationship that I think people would find interesting. I love that you just teed us up for another podcast based specifically on sex. <laughs> Comparing historical right. so, romance sex, maybe that with other creatures. It's just great. Perfect. What, what bottle of wine pairs well with that? Right. The S word <laughs> might be about sex. I would just like to say about that, being a woman in her 40s, I really like the idea in this book about 
and, and you both mentioned this, t- taking your time and working things out, but there is a lot of foreplay in this book in, in all of these scenes with, with Matthew and Diana. And I have to say, I kind of like that. And I, I kind of want to take the book to my man and say, read this. <laughs> <laughs> well, we look forward to hearing how that goes, Nikki. <laughs> I'll, continue I'll, you know. to, I'll continue to unpack the pots and pans. I have some reading for you. <laughs> <laughs> or maybe I could read it to him. I, I wouldn't back, uh, back, by the way, get it on. I like it. Um, went back when you were uh, pa- unpacking the pots and pans, I do want to say in <laughs> fairness, the pots and pans might provide more of a climatic uh, effect than having to watch the Claire and Frank sex. Once you've seen the Jamie and Claire sex. Mm, good point. So, yeah. so he was maybe doing you a favor. True. Good point. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, anyway, our, our point people is there's a lot there and it's it's all good there's a lot there and probably more i mean i think we could just keep going and going and going i think there's enough to even talk about this for another one but there there are so many elements that are similar but not just like sheer copycat it's not at all like they are just if you like the style of book of outlander if you like the saga and just a very involved story i think you would really like this and i think it's worth a shot i mean what else you got going on that's right that's right so we're here to just sort of say we embrace both worlds fully we're going to be podcasting regularly our next podcast is going to be about the f word which f word yeah (laughs) if she had (laughs) if she hadn't already qualified (laughs) that we were going to do the sex podcast based on the s word i might wonder it's the f word and people are just going to have to tune in and see and we've got our first blog post coming up as well so Lots of fun and exciting stuff. I just like hanging out with you all. I, you know, you, the three of us yeah. are going to gab about this, and I'm most likely going to drink wine, as I know the two of you are too. So we might as well do it with these fine people. That's right. That's yes. right. Right. And, and talking about this. Cheers. Anything else? Parting thoughts? My wine's gone. We're going to have to end this soon. We probably should have ended it like five minutes ago. <laughs> What's five minutes between friends? Five more minutes someone else maybe right. listens to with us. <laughs> well, that was fun. We'd like to thank you for spending some of your valuable time with us as we discuss all things All Souls. We hope you enjoyed it as much as we did and that if you feel inspired, you'll leave us a review on iTunes. If you'd like to join in the conversation, find us on Twitter and Instagram at AllSoulsWW, on Facebook at All Souls Witchy Women Podcast and Blog, and online at AllSoulsWitchyWomen.com. See you soon. <laughs> <laughs>